0: this is Questing for Queer Content, I'm David Dunsmuir, and I identify as bisexual with some funky gender stuff going on, and sitting with me today is my roommate, Nicole! Hi! Hi! <laughs> uh, oh, and I use he him, pro- he, him pronouns. You do? Yes. And, yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm Nicole, mm-hmm. uh, she, her, and I also identify as bisexual.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, welcome to, yeah.
1: Welcome to our dining room. Welcome
0: to our dining room. Yeah, yeah it's funny because now I'm like having people come in, but this is yeah. like, we're just doing this. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, I've, I've obviously been wanting to have you on since like the first time I thought about making this as a, as a podcast. Uh and one of the reasons for that, one of the many reasons for that is that we both identify as bisexual, but we're we both kind of like figured that out from very different experiences. Yeah. Like for me, it was much later, but for you, it was like, well, I'll let you talk about sure. it.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, uh, I've always, um, I've always known at least that I was attracted to, to, to men and women, I guess was mm-hmm. my earliest concept. Yeah. Of it. Or just like it, um, that it didn't really matter. Sure. Um, and I didn't know what the person I was going to fall in love with when I was an adult or when I grew up was going to look like. And um, really, uh, the foundational childhood experience wasn't realizing that. It was realizing that not everyone is that. Yeah. Um, which I just, as a kid, I just assumed that, that everybody could like everybody. And, and your sexuality, whether it was uh, gay or straight, was really just determined by um, who you ended up with relative to yourself. Sure. Um, as opposed to being something that was sort of more um, narrowly defined, I guess, or mm-hmm. more, uh, there were more restrictions yeah. on. <laughs> um, that was that was sort of an unpleasant realization. Well,
0: yeah, because it kind of like, na- like, it narrows your idea of everybody else of being just sort of like...
1: Well, and, up and more so for me was the, the idea that I had to know whether I was gay or straight because the concept of bisexual wasn't introduced to me as a sure. child. Um mm-hmm. The concept of homosexuality was introduced, mm-hmm. um, and I had—I even had a, a friend at school by the time I was like 10 who had two moms, so like I understood the concept. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, but um, I thought I had to choose, and I, I just didn't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until later when I was like, oh, there, there's, there's words, and, and other people like me, and I don't have to pick, and that was really liberating.
0: Yeah. Do you remember when you kind of like stumbled across... Like or when you like sort of accepted the um, the term bisexual to describe yourself? I
1: don't remember. I don't remember the first time I heard it. Um, yeah. To be honest with you, um, it wasn't a word that really came up
0: in your environment.
1: In my environment, ever like I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a time, mm-hmm. um, and it, I don't think it was really until high school that I was able to like put a label on it, and at that time I wasn't wasn't there was a whole bunch of other stuff going yeah, on that wasn't the main and concern. it wasn't wasn't really on my list of priorities at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really feel like i owned owned it as a term, something that I was comfortable applying to myself and telling other people uh, about truly mm-hmm. truly until university
0: yeah, like i for me, it wasn't until I was like in my i think early twenties and It was actually, um, it was, it was our friend Elise who used it and I was just like, like for some reason it wasn't applicable. Like I couldn't like make it like, it was like a textbook version of like, I could understand the idea of it, but I couldn't apply it to me. It didn't feel malleable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So, uh, do you remember... The first time you felt your sexuality represented in media,
1: <laughs> last week.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just gonna like jump right in. Last on week this. is
1: the first time, um, and I think it's like um, I saw a little little aspects of my sexuality in media, sure. things that were queer and mm-hmm. that I would, uh that I was attracted to, and I was like, oh yes, that's kind of like me. Yeah. I recognized something there, but it was always very like, this is gay and this is straight and like there's no middle ground and there's no mm-hmm. anything outside of that dichotomy. And, and so it, it, while seeing things that I identified with, it was never quite true to my experience. And even up until recently, as we've had more and more queer characters on TV, bisexual has been slow to be actually like named mm-hmm. um, until until brooklyn
0: 99 yeah um for anyone who doesn't know brooklyn 99 is in they like i think it's like their fifth season yeah yeah um and they one of their core characters just like came out as bisexual and they spent they like it was it was put in one episode as sort of like the b plot of one character finding out and then the next episode it was like the main plot and it was done really like it was the focus of it and not only was it the focus, but like the term bisexual was used, like
1: out a, loud, out
0: loud a dozen times.
1: Because it's obviously not the first bisexual character no. to exist, but so much of the time it's all in doublespeak. It's all subtext, or or even worse, it's like, yeah, it's sort of like I, played I, for like edginess. Yeah, that's one pitfall for sure, or like the absolute refusal to put a label on it. Um, yes, not that there's anything wrong with that. Absolutely not. Fluid gender mm-hmm. um, or sexuality, like great, fantastic. Yeah. Um, but not, but not me. And so I never saw myself in that, especially when they were like, "Well, it's it's whatever."
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I just I like who I like. is, yeah. is the term that I think I've heard. Yeah times and that's and that's such a valid thing for people but like having not having that representation is so damning
1: well yeah and it being a phase is really yeah or it being arguably a phase is really really popular
0: Mm -hmm. and I hate that yeah Uh, that is the worst
1: because that perception in the public is really damaging Mm -hmm. and difficult to deal with
0: yeah yeah so let's talk a bit more about the about Rosa yeah I think it was. I think it was last year. Stephanie Beatrice, the actress who plays Rosa, came out as bisexual. I didn't know
1: that until this very moment. So
0: you just did you did you not know that? Oh oh, then I'm about to like rock your world a little bit. Yay! Okay, so Stephanie Beatrice came out um, around the same time as like Aubrey Plaza coming out and uh, and Mara Wilson.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And as soon as, as soon as she did, there were like all these like jokes being made on Twitter by her and like other like Gina Rodriguez, who plays uh, Jane the Virgin. Yeah. They were talking about how like Rosa uh, like Gina Rodriguez wants to play her girlfriend, and I would love um, Brooklyn that so much. The joke has come back now. like Gina Rodriguez like tweeted a bunch of things now that Rosa's come out, so I'm still like fingers crossed. <laughs> um, we can because, dream. Because those are two of my favorites. Uh, yeah. That is the goal. But, um... Yeah, so... Stephanie Butress actually pushed for this plotline.
1: Good. She actually, like, came to the writers and
0: talked about how important this would be to the bisexual community and how much this Mm -hmm. is kind of needed. And it... And, like, it's not... It doesn't feel forced in any way, shape, or form. Like, uh... Rosa's had two or three male romantic partners in the show in the last five seasons. And the way it was talked about in the big in like the big episode the 99th episode was so I felt so much like I felt so much uh, representation in the way she spoke about it and the way she dealt with her like like the majority of the episode is her dealing with her parents Yeah. and also having to like repeatedly come back to being like no, I'm I'm, I'm by. like, I'm not, like, this isn't just me thinking about this, this is something that's, like, actively going on, this is something I've known about for a long time, but I didn't know how to share.
1: That, for me, was definitely the part that really got me, because it's the part that I identified the most with. Um, she says something like, I've known this about myself for a really long time, um, and I was like, yep.
0: Yeah, when I, when I heard her say that, I heard you. Yeah. Like, I yeah. was so excited. Yeah. Also, we should, I feel like we should note on the podcast that we have been trying so hard not to talk about this casually.
1: Yeah, the thing was, we see each other every day because we we live in the same house, and so we've been trying. Really like we hard.
0: didn't speak it. We didn't say we were trying, but like we both were. <laughs> we both were. We both were very much. Um, it's been it's been hard.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I watched it on on my own um, late. Late in the evening before I went to bed, um, not expecting, not yeah. expecting it at all, um, and then I just got to go to sleep, just like feeling all of these feelings um, and sit on it for like a little while. And then actually, this past weekend, I watched it again
0: yeah.
1: with with my girlfriend, um, who is also bi, yeah. um, and we just sort of like had a little um, moment of joy over over how nice that was and how. We hadn't seen that before, and how
0: realizing it was
1: just validating. I think, sure, um, and and it's something that you you don't realize how much you need it until it's there. Yeah, um, because you just I feel like, and I feel like this is something that queer people can really relate to. Is is just like you get by with what you have. And, <laughs> 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 bye bye uh but yeah you don't realize how much you're you're missing sometimes yeah because sometimes.
0: you're so starved
1: yeah and so like I, well, on one level like i know i would like to see more bi characters and i would like to see them portrayed well but i didn't realize how important that would be or how like how um how emotional it would be yeah which you know, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a comedy first and foremost, and they have kept that despite doing some pretty heavy um, plot lines. And the other one for me in the episode that I found really um, important is there. There has been a, a gay character on Brooklyn yeah. Nine-Nine since Raymond, episode one, Raven Holt, Raymond Holt uh, who I love.
0: Will never. <laughs> he's so perfect. He's
1: wonderful. Um, but him, um, him talking to Rosa. Mm -hmm. Uh, at the end of the episode and and it was was, there was no joke uh, in the lines it was just a really genuine um, loving moment and it was like
0: I I think I can I think I might be able to paraphrase it sure yeah so she goes up to him like they're they're talking together and she thanks him for being so accepting he just kind of stops and looks at her and is just oh I'm I'm getting emotional just thinking about it Every time someone shares who they are, who they truly are, the world gets a little bit a a better and more interesting place, so thank you. And, like, that just...
1: (sighs) Also, there's so many, like, just one token queer character on a show sometimes, so you don't get to see those moments between...
0: Solidarity.
1: Where you're just like, you know, I appreciate you being you. I had this moment in my... Family uh, with a cousin of mine, where um, we're both we're both out and yeah. we both have partners now, and it's sort of like yeah. it's way easier for me. Not that my family makes it hard at all; they really no. don't. Um, but there is something really nice about having somebody else in the same boat, and yeah. you know, you know a little bit about their life in a way that is hard to. Yeah, you can relate. On yeah, so, yeah, I get. It. This is just going to be a lot of David and I just being like, yeah, 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 yeah," back and forth at each other.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Case in point.
1: We're going to have to edit in, like, some context sometimes.
0: (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. We're doing good. We're doing good. I might cut out this part. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one thing that I think is really interesting is that we watched a majority of The Good Place together. Yep. And another show by Michael Schur... Um, who also did Parks and Rec and The Office and...
1: Basically everything I've ever liked on TV. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, And I think it's... I think the character of Eleanor is such interesting representation for potentially bisexual people. Yeah, it hasn't hasn't been made super
1: explicit yet, but it's it's, pretty pretty there.
0: It's almost like every other episode. She makes a comment about one of the female characters and... She's shown to have had relationships with men and attraction to men, but she talks a lot about yeah. Tahani. And it's just like, it's, it's, I think it's really interesting because from her character's perspective, there's the potential of like, it doesn't even need to be talked about. Like, it's the one time I felt that where it's like, it's so naturally in there.
1: I do not feel as I often feel. Um, at shows angry about the fact that it's not made
0: explicit
1: explicit um sometimes like they just hint at it and that's all they're ever gonna do Or, or it's a joke or it's a joke um and that tends to make me frustrated um I mean not that I don't love me some good subtext because I do yeah um but it can be quite frustrating when all they're ever gonna do is hint at it um for the sake of
0: what kind of show would do that yeah
1: not going there yeah well then we get all into queer baiting and stuff like yeah. that but um this show doesn't make me feel that way um
0: it just seems like matter of fact yeah and like i i, I was thinking about it right before we started recording that like rose is interesting because it's it's like part like the plot is there for her to like it's her character development to go and like announce this and talk about it but with eleanor it's, she's never said she's straight she's never had to say she's straight or queer she's expressed interest yeah so at what point does it yeah i don't know i don't know if i'm articulating myself <laughs> on it.
1: no you're you're fine I, I i do know exactly what you mean and it, it, it's like um uh, push hasn't come to shove for eleanor yeah. at any point and and they haven't they haven't also they haven't backed cool. away from it
0: yeah, that's that's the other thing. It doesn't feel like they're holding back. Yeah, from doing exactly. It. They're not holding back, and that feels different. Like I like I realized if we were talking about a different show, this would feel like very much like run of the mill kind of commentary from the writers of like, oh well, they don't need to talk about it. Yeah but there's something about the vibe. <laughs> the on first Hitlers. time
1: it's actually true.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's weird. And it's weird having this thought because it feels very contradictory to everything I've ever, yeah. I've ever developed in terms of,
1: I think it's because there is a trust, um, built between the creators and the audience that if they want to go there, they will.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: as opposed to a, um, a sense that, that, that they just never would. Yeah. But they'll let you believe that they might just long enough to keep you watching.
0: Yeah. It doesn't Um, feel, it doesn't feel baited. It's trust. Yeah. It's trust. Yeah. It's interesting. Here. Something else I wanted to talk to you about was fandoms and ships. Because you are one of my few friends who are also on Tumblr. Guilty. And you're one of my many friends who writes fan fiction. I do. Uh, but what's interesting to me is like you write fan fiction for a straight ship. I do. <laughs>
1: um, I'm trying to think of all the fan fiction I've written over the years. The majority of it is straight, actually. <laughs> yeah. um, just in terms of the work that I that I put out. Um, but but the majority of what I read is queer. Yeah. So there's like a real. <laughs> disconnect disconnect there um i found uh fan fiction very um empowering especially when i was younger and still figuring everything out um because it was it was very much a case of well if we're if it's going to be done right we're just going to have to do it ourselves yeah Uh, um and that was where i found a lot of um Representation from authors who were willing to um, make stories that um, I guess networks weren't, um, and or be willing to take stories that I that I loved and characters whose sexuality were ambiguous or characters who were just straight up straight in canon and just disregarded entirely just because there wasn't enough um, LGBTQ plus characters in media in general. And so we we'll, we'll we'll take the existing characters and we'll make. We'll make them ours, and and yeah,
0: we'll find we'll find a way.
1: We'll find a way, yeah. Um,
0: I mean, there's some cases that are easier. Yes. Such as uh, uh, Captain Janeway.
1: I mean, she USS sort of Voyager. became like a like a queer icon. Sorry, the cat is at my knitting, and I just need to remove her from it because she's gonna get big ideas. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm sorry. She's upset that I won't let her play with it. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, yeah, no. Um, you were mentioning Captain Janeway, um, and she I, 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 this was established well before I stumbled into Star Trek because um, I watched it on syndication, um, and it was um, one of my favorites. One, I loved growing up. I loved strong female characters in TV shows. I really loved them. I really, really loved them. That was probably a hint. Yes. Uh, and uh, there's there's that classic case of do I just want to be like them or or, or do I want to kiss them and the answer was often yes Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) so there are some characters like that and I honestly I don't know what it is about them um, that lends them to being particularly popular um, but they just are yeah Um, maybe somebody else can break it down for me uh, it happens a lot, I guess, with, like, powerful and interesting and older women characters. Well,
0: I think one thing that seems to come up in terms of your type for characters <laughs> is, like, yeah, powerful, um, but also very intelligent. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's... definitely Janeway to a TE. For sure.
1: Um, so reading... Like, even though in the show there's basically... There's nothing... I mean, there's so much subtext and so many Tumblr GIFs and pictures and stills that I could point to, to be like, look, how gay! <laughs> uh, but th- I don't think that that was ever the intention of the show. No.
0: Um, I, they really didn't... No. But... D- it, did never... But as soon as it's out there, it becomes its own thing. It becomes, like, owned by the fans. Yeah.
1: And, um, and I don't think that there's anything uh, really negative about that that's it's really wonderful and happy and seeing everyone create what they need and creating what other people need is is really cool um, I found so much acceptance in the fandom community and so much information and and just like positivity about who I am and who other people are and, and I i am very grateful for that Yeah. Um, so yeah fanfiction is definitely very important I remember I remember being. Oh, I'm going to confess something really embarrassing on your podcast. Yes. are you excited? Yeah, I remember exclusive. Being, yeah, exclusive. Um, I remember being a teenager, um, right around the time when, in Fanfiction. Net, we started becoming a thing, mm-hmm. um, and we weren't reading all these things on random GeoCities web pages and stuff. And I remember reading, um, uh, Wicked, the book, um, oh. which became the musical. Yes. Um, there was a lot of fan fiction about the two main female characters in that one, Alphaba and, and Glinda, um, or Galinda, depending on what part of the story we're at. Um, and I remember reading like these epically long um, sex-ridden tales uh, about the two of them just being like happy and in love and, and seeing something that I recognized there and, just, and also being incredibly ashamed of how yeah um how much it seemed to matter to mm-hmm. me and how um what that was and i and there's we could spend an entire day talking about where all that shame came from but i think there's no point um it's just more like that was a window into oh well, all of these other people also see this um yeah. and they also and they think it's okay they think it's okay to the point where they're going to write full length novels about it mm-hmm. um and that was the first time more fandom was really like, oh, okay, that's the representation I, I'm i missing, and that's the validation that I'm missing. Yeah. So, yeah, I could talk a lot about fandom. It's interesting that I write mostly straight couples, it's almost accidental.
0: Oh no, and I fully recognize that, like, it's I don't think it's a purposeful thing that's happened. No. It's just you, f- you fell into this Downton Abbey ship.
1: I did, yeah.
0: And that's just the way it took you. you just really
1: liked it yeah. um, and and I think that that's also part of um, sometimes the the, the being by you feel like not queer enough or you feel like the straight things that you like are not invalid. Uh, yeah, they're not they don't belong in the queer community and uh, no I'm a, I'm a queer writer who straight relationships are part of yeah part of that too and 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 that's something that i still struggle with sometimes i think oh yeah. definitely because uh, it's not it is not the same um, mm-hmm. for sure uh, but i'm allowed i'm allowed to write both and still be queer
0: yeah i think that was something that like in the last couple of months kind of um i i sort of oh
1: <laughs> she's amusing herself now instead of instead of attacking me so that's fine
0: yeah um yeah i think that's something that i kind of came up against or came to in the last couple of months where I was working on, I was writing a project and I started feeling this stress of like, I've got to make sure that I make it queer. And then I I, kind of had that in my head for a while. And then all of a sudden it kind of clicked of like, no, I'm making it and I'm queer. So whatever I make is going to be coming from a queer place. and I. It's gonna be part of me by extension. Yeah, it's not wrong. No, it's not wrong. Like whatever happens, like it's gonna be fine. It's I don't. I, that's not a thing to stress out over.
1: It's interesting, yeah. How far the other way in the pendulum, maybe. yeah,
0: yeah. So I think there. I think there's one. There's at least one more thing I want to talk about. Sure. Um, and it's maybe getting becoming a staple of the show that it gets a mention. How's uh. How's Steven Universe going?
1: <laughs> I've actually... I haven't watched it in a little while. Yeah? So I don't... I don't know... Okay. How it's going. I haven't... I have not caught up yet, I, I do admit. Yeah. Um, I watch it sort of in, in great big chunks, and then I take big breaks. and. Yeah,
0: that's good. Um, that's how the show's released as well, yeah. so that feels appropriate. Yeah.
1: I actually feel... It's interesting that you bring up Steven Universe because I didn't really... I like the show a lot. Yeah, I it, it, it makes my heart very happy, um, and uh, particularly once we got past the, the beginning couple dozen episodes or something. I, yeah, I that's where it really, like really picks yeah up. really picks up. Um, but I didn't really see. I don't see myself in
0: it. Cool. <laughs> no, that's that's very cool. Um,
1: I love it, uh, and I do love how like queer and positive it is. But mm-hmm. um, for me, it hasn't been a particularly important piece of media cool Um, it's something I desperately want my future kids to see yeah because I think it's really positive um, and uh, magical and fun Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, yeah it it hasn't really been I almost feel like sometimes uh, when something is really popular you feel like something should strike a chord strike a chord with you Um, certainly the L word falls into that (laughs) Yeah. Category for me, um, where I watched it desperately trying to figure out what I was supposed to appreciate, um, and not really finding it. But because it's so prevalent, you think, well, I, I just have to watch it again. I must be.
0: Yeah. I must, I must be, be I must consuming be, yeah. this wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe I wasn't in the right mood. Yeah. Maybe I Didn't look closely enough. I'd, yeah.
1: Yeah. Or even worse, like maybe I'm just a bad queer person, and sure. And, and uh, I've 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 largely given up i thinking that yeah. about myself no, that's, that's uh, amazing. which is very freeing uh, but yeah Steven Universe uh, is a great show but I, I don't really I, I don't identify
0: that makes sense like the, like now that I think about it I'm like I don't know who you would yeah I don't know
1: honestly the, the thing that I like the most about Steven Universe is that it's just a thought sequence where thoughts yeah. are these little things that just float through your mind and, and pass by and as someone with mental health issues that has been a really good explanation of
0: yeah um, well and that's actually that's one thing that we haven't talked about you also have a disability yeah and that in terms of like representation and that Mm -hmm. in terms of fandom too because like the fanfic you write
1: yeah i uh i definitely found disability often handled better by amateur fan fiction writers than by (laughs) the shows. Uh, For me particularly, um, because I have both a physical and, um, I guess, mental health-related disability. Yeah. Like, there's definitely two sides of that for me. Um, Yeah, fandom has definitely been important in terms of finding representations not only of queerness for me, but also of of disabled people. And and I find that sometimes... um, Fan fiction writers can do it really, really well, um, and that's been really gratifying. And and when I didn't see something, um, fandom gave me the ability to create it myself and have an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that way, you kind of if you can put a little bit of your own story into um, into a piece of work and have yeah. other people um, read it or look at it and and respond to it, that that's also really powerful um, for me um, because. Because I have, there are some things that I can't watch, um, and having having PTSD means that there are like some things that I that really do a good job of representing PTSD, as I understand Jessica Jones did, but also contain too many triggers for me to safely consume yeah, it. definitely. Um, so it's very much like threading the needle when it comes to finding stuff that I can that both does a good job of representing me, but also doesn't. Um, it doesn't prove too difficult to watch and so when you have creative control over that i can i can when i can call the shots um in terms of um, what is present uh, and how much and how graphic and -hmm. and stuff Uh, or it's something that's being created by friends or other members of fandom yeah like Um,
0: the level of trust going back yeah
1: and you can say hey like you know, people are very good about putting tags and warnings mm-hmm. um, and ratings on stuff, so that I don't end up accidentally. They're better at it than, than networks. They really are. Yeah. Um, uh, that gives me a, a bit more control, and that means that I can find things that that work, um, which is really nice. That's one of the few spaces I have found for that. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's. I think that that's also kind of true for me too. Like, I don't read a lot of like straight up fanfic, but um, on Tumblr, like seeing headcanons, especially for, especially for like my PTSD symptoms, of just like talking about even like Daredevil going into like this is what angry P- like angry symptoms of PTSD can look like, and I'm like, oh, that's actually very relevant, relevant <laughs> to me and like and very yeah, yeah. No, I definitely, I definitely feel that because there's. I'm trying, like, I'm trying to think of positive representations of disabilities, and my brain is...
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely few and far between. Yeah. Um...
0: I think the one show that I, that, like, kind of, like, pops up in my brain in terms of talking about PTSD stuff and mental health, uh is One Day at a Time, which we both got to experience together, which, like, really, really got into it. Yeah. Um...
1: In, in, in both, in both uh, avenues.
0: Yeah. In terms of, like, queerness and mental health and just the way it presented discussions and explored different, um, viewpoints and, like, really, like, dug into it and, like, a sitcom yeah. Format and still manage to be funny at the same time. And I it's think just like,
1: the lesson from this podcast is sitcoms, just do it better.
0: I guess so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It definitely sounds like it from this episode. Yeah. Um, one
1: day at a time, um, yeah, particularly the queer stuff for me, seeing Elena's journey and her as a teenager and her questioning, I saw a lot of my own teenage experiences and even though I was watching it as an adult I felt like it was very much speaking to my adolescent self.
0: I saw I saw who I wish I was as a teenager. I saw what I yeah. wish I had been like I'd wish I'd had the like foresight or the bravery to actually like be exploring that as a teenager. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, very much so. I see a lot of my relationships with my brother um, of in the relationship with, between like sister and brother, mm-hmm. in terms of like thinking about coming out and trying to figure out if it's okay and, and having that sibling relationship exist while you're trying to do all those things. And, and but also, as an adult, I see the, the you know, Penelope, the mom's perspective, and yeah, and like really appreciate um, her trying to be cool with things and 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 wanting to and desperately trying to and finding that hard and being so upset about that that it's hard Mm -hmm. um and i totally see my own my own experience in that
0: yeah i saw so much of my dad Mm. and penelope um and like the the sense of panic of like why am i not instantly okay with this because it's something that takes time
1: it was it was definitely like that message of it's okay if you're not immediately like the world's biggest supporter and perfect and the perfect ally Mm -hmm. um it's totally okay if if you need if you need a little bit of time as long as your heart is in the right place your head will catch up like that whole concept just being like and they beat you over the head with it yeah well Um, and like
0: and being secure in the knowledge that you still love your child this doesn't change this is just something you're learning this is just something
1: yeah and you can still be a really good parent like Penelope is a really supportive mom yeah even it doesn't though she stop supporting no it doesn't make her daughter feel bad doesn't make her feel um, rejected like does everything right really and she still has this internal struggle and and you the idea that you can have both yes uh, it, that you can hold both um, Uh, at the same time that was the first time that I'd ever really seen that
0: yeah and I thought it was also really interesting portrayed against Penelope's mother, uh, Elena's grandmother who is just very devout and very traditional and then you're so much expecting this like big pushback and there is like she does have that initial pushback but then she like thinks her way through it and someone who's still tradition traditional and devout, but is also like accepting and like so excited for her granddaughter yeah was really I was just it felt like that whole show just feels very powerful yeah and I'm beyond excited for it to come back yeah yeah okay, I think that about does it for with us for now sure um
1: if I don't give this cat any attention, yeah, that's she's that's gonna, really that's really the buzzer here. Is the gonna, cat? She's gonna she's gonna gonna rip me to pieces if mm. I don't pay her any more attention. All
0: right, this has been questing for queer content. Uh, thank you so much for sitting down at our kitchen table. <laughs> You're <laughs> talking welcome. With me. Anytime. Um, hopefully, we can do this again.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for listening and keep questing. sworn yet, I'm pretty sure there's no mature rating on this episode. No, Not on
1: this episode yeah.
0: I, as soon as, every time, as soon as I say that, like all, the only thing, the only word in my head is, is fuck. <laughs> like I can't. I was like, are you
1: gonna, yeah. I can't not.
0: I can't not. I don't.